0: A major setback for the Securities and Exchange Commission tees up a Supreme Court challenge over the use of administrative law judges. A challenge that could have repercussions for many agencies. The 10th Circuit Court of Appeals in Denver has ruled that the use of in-house judges by the SEC violates the Constitution's Appointments Clause. But in August, the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit ruled that the SEC's use of in-house judges was constitutional. A conflict between the circuits is often a direct road to the Supreme Court. But House Republicans may reintroduce legislation to allow SEC defendants to choose Federal judges or juries instead of in house judges. My guests are Peter Henning, professor at Wayne State University Law School and a former senior attorney at the SEC, and Gregory Morvillo, founding partner at Morvillo LLP and the attorney who won the landmark insider trading case, US v. Newman. Peter, explain the reasoning that led these appellate courts to come to different conclusions, completely different conclusions.
1: Well, the issue here is whether the SEC's administrative law judges are what are called inferior officers. The Constitution requires that an inferior officer be appointed either by the President or by someone who Congress uh, designates who can appoint that person. And so you have to go through a particular appointment process. If you're just an employee, like I was back long ago, then you're just hired through the regular civil service process. The split here is whether these judges are inferior officers. Do they qualify for that position? And there's some history in the Supreme Court about that, but it's really a a pretty simple, straightforward issue. Are they or aren't they? Of course, playing that out will be the really difficult part.
0: Greg, the SEC has been using administrative judges since shortly after it was created in 1934. Why the controversy now?
2: Well, the controversy stems from the fact that most defendants don't believe it is an inherently fair process. The SEC wins somewhere in the neighborhood of 95 percent of their cases that are brought in front of an SEC ALJ, whereas when they bring cases in federal court, they're down in around the 70 percent mark. So the, the difference between going to federal court and going to have your case heard before an ALJ is a huge one in terms of that 20 to 25 percent. Of, of whether you can or can't win. And indeed, there are some ALJs who have never decided for anyone but the SEC. And so defendants look at it, and they think this is an un- unfair, inherently unfair process. That's how it started, this this kind of a challenge. It was and- a first a due process challenge, and then it uh, moved on, it, it, it morphed into this uh, constitutional challenge.
0: Peter, when you look at the constitutional challenge, How did each of the courts look at it in order to come to the opposite conclusion?
1: Well, the the, uh, District of Columbia Circuit, which is really the the preeminent court for administrative law matters, uh, that court ruled in August that the FCC ALJ's are not these inferior officers. In other words, they don't have to go through a different appointment process than an ordinary employee. They reach that decision by really focusing on, do the administrative law judges have some kind of final decision-making power? And they found that they didn't, that the commission can review any of their decisions. And it's really the uh, five SEC commissioners who decide that the Tenth Circuit out in Denver came to the opposite conclusion, said, no, if you look at the importance of these judges, all of the decisions they make, and that this is really a trial-like proceeding, that these are really judges that have great, a great deal of authority enough to call them this inferior officer category, inferior not meaning that they're anything less than uh, important, but that they don't have to go through the Senate but that here the 10th Circuit said, no, 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 they are inferior officers, they have enough authority. So it really comes down to, I don't want to say it's a coin toss, but you've got to pick one or the other. And what we have now, of course, is a classic split between the federal circuits.
0: Greg, many federal agencies rely on similar in-house courts. So could what happens with the SEC judges have implications for other agencies?
2: It could, uh, but the Supreme Court case, which is the seminal case on this issue, Freitag, uh, makes it clear that this is a case-by-case issue. So the dissenting judge in the Tenth Circuit, um, in, uh, in his dissent, essentially says this is like opening Pandora's box. It could have catastrophic effects for all ALJs in different places. And the majority opinion, and and specifically the concurring opinion, says that's overblown and it's not in front of us. We're not concerned with what some other litigant might uh, try to litigate later in the future. We're concerned with whether or not the SEC ALJs are constitutionally appointed, and they decided based on the Freitag analysis uh, of the Supreme Court some 25 years ago that they were not. So it could have implications for other agencies, but those implications were there regardless of what the Tenth Circuit decided. There is this case, Freitag, which tells the courts how they have to decide – whether an ALJ is an inferior officer or not. So the risk is there regardless of what the Tenth Circuit decided.
0: We're talking about the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals in Denver ruling that the use of in-house judges by the SEC violates the Constitution's appointments clause, and that is contrary to a ruling in August by the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. I've been talking with Gregory Morvillo, founding partner of Morvillo LLP, and Peter Henning, professor at Wayne State University Law School peter i 'd like you to go into a little more detail about what the SEC may do here because you said that the uh, the d c circuit case is already on on the road to having an on bank hearing or a request for it. Will the SEC have to make the same request in order to get the uh, the Denver case on track
1: uh, i don 't think they have to make that request in the Tenth Circuit, although I, I expect they will if they don't hear anything from the D.C. Circuit. And so really part of it for now is just a waiting game to see um, and then try to get one of those cases to the Supreme Court. The, The real challenge for the SEC is they have an easy fix here. They could go back and just reappoint the five administrative law judges and say, fine, we're picking them, rather than having them go through the employment process But then that might be seen as a concession that they were not properly appointed. And so the SEC has a bit of a conundrum here as to, you know, do you leave well enough alone, hope the Supreme Court rules in your favor, or do you try to solve it but then throw into doubt any other cases, in fact, cases that are now closed? That's really something that's going to also be on the SEC's plate.
0: Now, Looking ahead, Greg, we have President-elect Donald Trump coming into office, and we have Congressman Jeb Hensarling being among those who have already announced plans to rip up Dodd-Frank. And of course, the SEC started pumping up these hearings with uh, with Dodd-Frank in 2010. Is that likely to have an effect on this?
2: I don't know. I'm not sure that anybody is going to uh, rush to judgment on this uh, right away. There are many, many issues that I think are more pressing for the United States, for the president, uh, for the Congress, uh, as to whether or not the uh, ALJs have been constitutionally appointed. Uh, but I do believe that at some point within the next four years, we will we will be in a position where Congress is debating whether Dodd-Frank has continued viability, particularly uh, as it applies to situations like this. So I expect some changes because I expect this to go to the Supreme Court, but I would expect that to happen before I would expect uh, Dodd-Frank to be repealed or or Congress to take on this ALJ inferior uh, officer issue.
0: Peter, if it does go to the... Supreme Court, is this a question of liberal versus conservative, or is it a different kind of question?
1: Well, that's a very good question. Um, It doesn't divide up liberal conservative. It is, this is really a a fairly technical issue, but one thing the court is going to pay attention to is, you know, as Greg said, the, the Freitag case says, let's take this on a case by case basis. Uh, how these judges operate. But of course, if everyone reads into opinions, how does this affect other areas? And the SEC has five judges, but Social Security Administration has 1,500 judges. What is the court going to do when it figures this out? I don't think it's going to divide up so much liberal conservative as how much authority do we want to give to these types of judges and these administrative agencies.
0: And, Greg, finally, about 30 seconds. On a scale of 1 to 10, how big, how much damage has this caused the SEC?
2: Uh, I don't think this has caused very much damage to the SEC itself because there are at least four or five or six other challenges to this specific issue out there floating through circuit courts. I have one myself that's going to the Fourth Circuit. So there are multiple defendants who are challenging these cases. Eventually, I believe this was going to end up in the Supreme Court, regardless of what the Tenth Circuit did.
0: Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Gregory Morvillo, founding partner of Morvillo LLP, and Peter Henning, professor at Wayne State University Law School. Thanks to you both. Thanks to you both. Coming up, new legal arguments may allow some borrowers to discharge their student loans in bankruptcy. Although it's a very narrow opening, it's a new thing that's coming up in light of the trillion of dollars in student loans that are out there. We're going to be discussing that coming up on Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso. You're listening to Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg.